Good evening, everyone. Happy Sunday to you all. I trust we had a good time in church today. So today our book review is um still on the book we reviewed last week Sunday, Prophecy. We'll be continuing from where we stopped. We stopped at chapter four last week Sunday. So today we'll start from chapter five. Chapter five is chat your course with your mouth. Scripture reference here is James 3, 4 to 5. The Bible first talks about how big ships are controlled with a small hem and likens it to the tongue. It says even though the tongue is little, it can boast great things. The writer says we should put our tongue to work and let it bring forth great things in our life. Our tongue is the smallest part of the body, yet it is the most powerful member in the body. The tongue can either take you to heaven or hell. It can make you rich or poor. It can put new clothes on your body or dress you up in rags, depending on how you use it. The writer said those people you see in the streets that are homeless and destitute, he said it's their tongue that has kept them there. Life and circumstances happen to everyone, but we can either choose to remain in that low level or move forward, and we can only do that with our tongue. The writer said it doesn't matter how you you got into that situation, you don't have to remain there. Your tongue can stop you from receiving what you ought to have or bring it to you. It also depends on how you use it. See something funny the writer said, that even if you decide not to use your tongue, don't think nothing will happen to you. Something will still result from that. An example here is a piece of land that has not been cultivated. He said if a farmer does not sow something on the land for it to grow, something else will grow by, grow by itself, and that's weed. Let me also add that in this life, you cannot be on the fence. Whatever will be may actually not be in your favor. The writer said, if you say whatever will be, will be. It's like saying, well, I've cleared this piece of land. Whatever can grow there should grow. Be rest assured that weeds will still grow there until you are ready to clear it again and plant something. You do notice that even after the farmer has planted on the land, he will still have to keep weeding the land to stop weeds from growing. The farmer will not say, okay, I've planted corn. Let it grow up by itself now. The farmer will need to water and tend what he planted. This applies to us too. Remember in chapter 4, we said you should keep prophesying into your life. Don't say, I have spoken once and it didn't work. And then you leave your life to chance. Like the farmer that keeps watering and clearing the land, even after he has planted, we ought to keep speaking forth faith-filled words into our lives until we see results. With your tongue, you can program yourself for a successful, tremendous life for a life full of grief and regrets. I would say the tongue is like a remote control. If you are watching a particular station and you don't like it, you use your remote control to change the station so you can use your tongue to change whatever you don't like in your life. The manufacturer, the manual, and the machine. The example here is a camera. Before you can operate the camera, you should read the manual and learn about the different parts in the camera and their functions so that the camera can work effectively and yield maximum results. While we are spirit beings, the writer said our physical body is a living machine. The reason why we have this physical body is so that we can function for God in this earthly realm. First Corinthians 15.38 To every seed, God gave his own body. So to the human spirit, God gave us a human body. The writer said the human body is a machine, but one part of this machine is th- that is so important is our mouth that houses the tongue. He said, even though you have never studied the tongue and its functions, the Bible teaches us about it. 
God who created the human body has given us the Bible as our manual to know how the body ought to function. See something interesting the writer said. He said your mouth is not meant only for talking, eating, and drinking. He said these are all lesser use of the mouth. Unfortunately, some persons even smoke and curse with it. The writer said if we study the Bible, our manual, we will discover the most important use of our tongue. The scriptural reference here is Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The writer said the Hebrew word for meditate is hagar, and it means to mutter or speak under your voice. So when you are meditating, it means you are talking or muttering something to yourself. Now, I used to think to, to meditate is to think or ponder deeply about something. So now I know better and I will meditate the right way from now henceforth. Explaining Joshua 1 8 further, meditating day and night means that thou shalt talk the word under your voice to yourself day and night. He said sometimes it may look like you are soliloquizing. To soliloquize is to talk to yourself. He said you may be standing somewhere and talking to yourself. Why people may look at you in a funny way and think something is wrong with you. He said that's what the Bible means when it says we are a peculiar people. <laughs> Very funny, right? He said we shouldn't be bothered about what they think or say because we are doing God's word. Hallelujah. You are using your mouth to create the kind of circumstances you want to have. So you shouldn't be bothered at all about people's reaction. A principle from the beginning. According to the writer, prophesying into our future takes its roots from the book of Genesis. Scripture reference is Genesis 1 to 3. Where is this 1? 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The writer said, God spoke light into darkness to change the chaotic nature of the earth. Then, the Spirit of God can brood over that chaotic situation in your life as you meditate on His Word. He said, We should speak to that situation, and the Spirit of God will swing into action to ensure you have what you say. The writer said, You should stop wondering what you are going to do about the situation of your life. He said, He has told you what to do already. He said, You should learn to wake up in the night. Not to read newspaper or watch movies, but to talk. I don't know if this sparked anything in us when we read it. This whole book is filled with light. When you wake up in the night, talk to yourself. When you wake up in the morning, continue talking to yourself. Not minding what your family will say about you because you know what you are doing. I, I see my husband do this at times. Whenever I see him in that mood, I just let him be. I too will start practicing this now. Now see what he said here. He said the harder life circumstances may be, the more you should be talking. Nothing should be nothing should frighten you out of talking. The greater the problem, the greater will be his fall before you. Satan may keep attacking you, but you should keep on talking. And soon enough his resistance will break and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. You see, this is where most of us miss it. Initially, we start off with speaking words into our situations, but when the problem gets tougher, we start to relent and we now start saying words like, Now, wow, this problem is not a finished save. Some of us get discouraged and we stop talking, but the writer says, No matter how fierce the situation may be, you should keep talking. Maintain your confession. Nothing should ever sway you into 
thinking that is not working. The more you speak, the more you gather momentum. And before long, that problem will give way. And that scriptural reference here is Ecclesiastes 11 verse 3. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. Even though you are yet to see harvest, don't stop talking. Keep talking. The power is in your mouth. Let me add my own scriptural reference. Proverbs 18.21 Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And that scriptural reference there is Romans 10, 6 to 10. Part of it says, The word is near you, even in your mouth, the word of faith which we preach. Everything you need in this life is in your mouth. That money, that job, business, children, even the healing you need is in your mouth. Praise God. Talk more than you eat. According to the writer, you talk to yourself to the place you are in right now. And you can as well talk yourself forward from here. Your mouth was given to you to say what you want in your life. He said, stop talking about the things you see in the physical. Instead, say what you want. When you say what you want, you are functioning rightly and using your mouth for the purpose for which it was designed. Romans 10.10 With our mouth, we make confessions that result to our salvation. He said the Greek word for confession is homologia, which means saying the same thing as God. He said, that's how to enjoy the benefits of righteousness. It's all in your mouth. That position you saw in your spirit. Use your mouth to push yourself there. He said it is a spiritual principle in our kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. If you have to move from one point to the other, you will have to talk yourself there. Use your mouth to talk yourself to the top. For that's where the miracle is. Prophecies from years ago. This is a testimony of the writer that all the things we see happening in his ministry today were prophecies and words spoken years back. Gradually, they are all coming to pass. He says something significant here. The prophecies of yesteryears are the reality of today. Everybody has a mouth and a tongue. It's up to you to know what to use it for. All what the writer said yesteryears, he has them now and he's still talking. He has not stopped talking. Glory to God. Chapter 6. What should you do with prophecy? According to the writer, when you hear a word of prophecy, you should do what Daniel did. What did Daniel do? Scripture said when Daniel found out that the time of Israel's deliverance had come, yet there was no deliverance, he set himself to pray. There's no scriptural reference here, but we can get the story in Daniel 9, 1-3. You have to set yourself to pray in order to bring those prophecies into reality. And that as you pray, the Spirit of God will guide you into knowing the set time for their fulfillment. When we pray in the Spirit, our spirit becomes very sensitive and easily picks up signals transmitted from God at such time. When we get signals from God, we've got to act, act otherwise we may lose it. Don't say, oh God, bring it to pass. The writer said well, what he is teaching us is one of the ways of God. Step into it. You are the one responsible for bringing to pass the prophecy in your life. He said by stepping into it, that until the priest stepped into the waters of Jordan, it didn't part. He also said stepping into that water at the wrong time and in the wrong way could have gotten them all drowned in the water. So we have to pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us into the set time of that prophecy. Scriptural reference here is Psalm 40 verse 7, Hebrews 10 verse 7, Luke 4, 18 to 19, Mark 1, 21 to 28. Chapter 7, Your talk is your future. The scriptural reference here is Matthew 17, 20. Those words were not written for fantasy. Even Jesus himself proved it. Matthew 17, 20 says, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall 
say unto this mountain, Remove hence to your other place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Did you see that? Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, we used to say, with God, nothing is impossible. But this verse is saying, with you also, nothing shall be impossible. With this verse, it means you are the architect of your life today. The fact that some people don't believe it does not change the fact that it is true. The life you are living today is the exact picture you painted with your words yesterday. Use your tongue wisely. The writer said it may not have been your plan to be where you are now, but it was your talk. Your talk is your future. Your tongue is the director of your life. Your tongue is your remote control. If your tongue is confused, you will definitely be confused too. The writer used Job as an example. He said, God wasn't the one who brought evil upon Job, and even the devil could not have been able to do anything, if not that Job was not making good use of his tongue. Despite his influence and affluence, despite he being a righteous man, he said he lived in fear and unbelief. He said things like, I'm not safe. I don't know what my children are up to right now. Ah, those kids will be the death of me. Job 3.25 Job was responsible for his catastrophe through his words. All this while, I had thought, oh, it was God who gave the devil the room to inflict Job. How many of us also thought, that, thought about that? Or am I the only one on this table? The writer said, have you heard about, have you heard people talk like this? And yet they wonder why their lives are full of ups and downs. He said we should keep our distance from such folks. He said we should keep our distance from such folks. And we too have to change if you are like that. Otherwise, in a while from now, you'll be somewhere you won't like. The writer emphasizes that what we have now is the result of what you said years ago. I've personally seen this in my husband's life. He constantly says where we are now, both in ministry and our lives, where things he had conceived and talked about years ago. Who you are today is what you said yesterday. You are the picture of what you said yesterday. Okay, the writer gave us Proverbs 18.21 as scriptural reference here. He said, apart from sin, one thing that can bring sickness or failure to a Christian is wrong talk. A lot of Christians don't have a problem with sin, but with their mouth, this is very true. He said, the sin they have is the wrong use of their tongue, and that has kept many back into the bondage of sin. You are your own responsibility. Yeah, the writer said no matter what has happened to you or is happening to you right now, you can either decide to move forward with your words or remain downwards. We should stop blaming family, society, and economic factors, or even government. Most of us blame it on ancestral power, aka village people. <laughs> but the writer said these factors, though they are influential, they can only affect us the extent that we let them. When we read, when we read Satan Get Lost, Bishop said we shouldn't give the devil any room in our life. This is the same thing the writer is saying. Be in charge of your life, and you can do that with your tongue. Your faith and knowledge of the world will also give you a hedge over the devil. The problem is not what you are faced with, but what you do with that situation that matters. Your experience is not the important thing, but what you make out of the experience. Chapter 8. Make your move. The writer is asking, is there something God has told you to do or something in your heart you want to achieve? He said you have to make a move. Those prophecies that were spoken ahead of you will not be fulfilled while you are sitting down there with folded arms. All you need is within you. 
Everything we need to be great is inside of you. The money you need, the promotion, the healing, that spouse, the job, the business, just name it. Everything is inside of you. You have not realized it and put it to work. That's why. The example the writer used here is the orange fruit. The orange has everything inside it to grow, to become a tree, and then produce more oranges. The same applies to you. You just have to be in this right environment, study God's word, and then talk to your future. Speak right about yourself. The scriptural reference here is Psalm 16, verse 1 to 6. Psalm 16, verse 1 to 6 is a prayer by David. You see the... the... Good evening, everyone. Happy Sunday to us all. I hope we all went to church today, and I hope our service was great. Okay, so today's review, we continue from... Uh, the book we reviewed last week, Prophecy, will be continuing from chapter 5 today. Chapter 5 says, chat your course with your mouth. Future reference here is James 3, 4-5. The Bible verse talks about how big sheep are controlled with a small hem and likens it to the tongue. It says even though the tongue is little, it can boast great things. The writer says we should put our tongue to work and let it bring forth great things in our life. Our tongue is the smallest part of the body, yet it is the most powerful member in the body. The tongue can either take you to heaven or hell. It can make you rich or poor. It can put new clothes on your body or dress you up in rags, depending on how you use it. The writer said those people you see in the streets that are homeless and destitute, he said it's their tongue that has kept them there. Life and circumstance happen to everyone, but we can either choose to remain in that low level or move forward. And we can only do that with our tongue. The writer said it doesn't matter how you got into that situation. You don't have to remain there. Your tongue can stop you from receiving what you ought to have or bring it to you. It also depends on how you use it. See something funny the writer said. That even if you decide not to use your tongue, don't think nothing will happen to you. Something will still result from that. An example here is a piece of land that has not been cultivated. He said if a farmer does not sow something on the land for it to grow, something else will still grow up there. And that is weed. Let me also add that in this life, you cannot be on the fence. Whatever we be may actually not be in your favor. The writer said, if you say whatever we be, we be. It's like saying, well, I've cleared this piece of land. Whatever can grow there should grow. Be rest assured that weeds will still grow on the land until you are ready to clear it again and plant something. Did you notice that even after the farmer has planted on the land, he will still have to keep weeding the land to stop weeds from growing? The farmer will not say, okay, I've planted corn. Let it grow up by itself. The farmer will need to water and tend what he has planted. This applies to us too. Remember in chapter 4, we said you should keep prophesying into your life. Don't say, I have spoken once and it didn't work. And then you leave your life to chance. Like that farmer that keeps watching and clearing the land, even after he has planted, we ought to keep speaking faith-filled words into our lives until we see see results. With your tongue, you can program yourself for a successful, tremendous life or for a life full of grief and regret. I will say the tongue is like a remote control. If you are watching a particular station and you don't like it, you use your remote control to change the station. So you can use your tongue to change whatever you don't like in your life. The manufacturer, the manual, and the machine. The example here is a camera. Before you can operate the camera, you should read the manual and learn about the different parts in the camera and their functions so that the camera can work effectively and yield maximum results. While we are spirit beings, the writer said our physical body is a living machine. The reason why we have this physical body is so that we can function for God in this earthly realm. 1 Corinthians 15.38 
To every seed, God gave his own body. So to the human spirit, God gave us a human body. The writer said, the human body is a machine. But one part of this machine that is so important is our mouth that houses the tongue. He said, even though you have never studied the tongue and its functions, the Bible teaches us about it. God, who created the human body, has given us the Bible as our manual to know how the body ought to function. See something interesting the writer said. He said, your mouth is not meant only for talking, eating, and drinking. <laughs> he said, these are all lesser use of the mouth. Unfortunately, some persons even smoke and curse with it. The writer said, if we study the Bible or our manual, we will discover the most important use of our tongue. The scripture reference here is Joshua 1.8. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The writer said the Hebrew word for meditate is hagar, and it means to mutter or speak under your voice. So when you are meditating, it means you are talking or muttering something to yourself. Okay, especially Joshua 1, 8 further. Meditating day and night means thou shalt talk the word under your voice to yourself day and night. He said sometimes it may look like you are soliloquizing. To soliloquize is to talk yourself, to talk to yourself. He said you may be standing somewhere and talking to yourself. Why people may look at you in a funny way and think something is wrong with you. He said that's what the Bible means when it says we are a peculiar people. Very funny, right? He said we shouldn't be bothered about what they think or say because we are doing God's word. Hallelujah. You are using your mouth to create the kind of circumstance you want to have. So you shouldn't be bothered about what people say or people's reaction. A principle from the beginning. According to the writer, prophesying into our future takes its root from the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, 1-3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of, the, of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. The writer said God spoke light into darkness to change the chaotic nature of the earth then. The Spirit of God can brood over that chaotic situation in your life as you meditate on His Word. He said we should speak to that situation and the Spirit of God will swing into action to ensure you have what you say. The writer said you should stop wondering what you are going to do about that situation of your life. He said I have told you what to do already. He said you should learn to wake up in the night, not to read newspapers <laughs> or watch movies, but to talk. I don't know if this sparks anything in us when we read it. This whole book is filled with light. When you wake up in the night, talk to yourself. When you wake up in the morning, continue talking to yourself. No minding what your family will say about you. Because you know what you, you are doing. Now, I see my husband do this at times. Whenever I see him in that mood, I let him be. I too will start practicing this. <laughs> Hallelujah. See what he said here. He said, the harder life circumstances may be, the more you should be talking. Nothing should frighten you out of talking. The greater the problem, the greater will be his fall before you. Satan may keep attacking you, but you should keep on talking. And soon enough, his resistance will break and he will flee from you. You see, this is where most of us miss it. Initially, we start off with speaking words into our situation, but when the problem gets tougher, we start to relent. We now start saying words like, now wow, this problem not the end, not the finish at all. Some of us get discouraged. And we stop talking about the right. We stop. We stop talking. But the writer says, no matter how fierce the situation may be, you should keep talking. Maintain your confession. Nothing should sway you into thinking that it's not working. 
the more you speak, the more you gather momentum. And before long, that problem will give way. Another scripture reference here is Ecclesiastes 11 verse 3. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. Even though you are yet to see harvest, don't stop talking. Keep talking. The power is in your mouth. Let me add my own scripture reference. Say Proverbs 18.21 Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Another scripture reference here is Romans 10, 6 to 10. Part of it says, The word is near you, even in your mouth, the word of faith which we preach. Everything you need in this life is in your mouth. That's money, that job, business, children, and even the healing you need is in your mouth. Talk more than you eat. According to the writer, you talk to yourself to the place you are in right now, and you can talk your way forward from here. Your mouth was given to you to say what you want in your life. He says, Stop talking about the things you see in the physical. Instead, say what you want. When you say what you want, you are functioning rightly and using your mouth for the purpose for which it was designed. Romans 10, 10 With our mouth, we make confessions that result to our salvation. He said the Greek word for confession is homologia, which means saying the same thing as God. He said that's how to enjoy the benefit of righteousness. It's all in your mouth. That position you saw in your spirit. Push yourself there with your mouth. He said it's a spiritual principle in our kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. If you have to move from one point to the other, you will have to talk yourself there. Use your mouth to talk yourself to the top, for that's where the miracle is. Prophecy from years ago. This is a testimony of the writer that all the things we see happening in his ministry today were prophecies and words spoken years back. Gradually, they are all coming to pass. He says something significant here. The prophecies of yesteryears are the reality of today. Everybody has a mouth and a tongue. It's up to you to know what to use it for. All what the writer said yesteryears, he has them now, and he is still talking. He has not stopped talking. Glory to God. Chapter 6. What should you do with prophecy? According to the writer, when you hear a word of prophecy, you should do what Daniel did. Now, what did Daniel do? Scripture said, when Daniel found out that the time of Israel's deliverance had come, yet there was no deliverance, he set himself to pray. We can get this story in Daniel 9, 1-3. You have to set yourself to pray in order to bring those prophecies into reality. And as you pray, the Spirit of God will guide you into knowing the set time for their fulfillment. When we pray in the Spirit, our spirit becomes very sensitive and easily picks up signals transmitted from God at such time. When we get signals from God, we've got to act, otherwise we may lose it. Don't say, oh God, bring it to pass. The writer said what he's teaching us is one of the ways of God. Step into it. You are the one responsible for bringing to pass the prophecy in your life. He said by stepping into it, that until the priest stepped into the waters of Jordan, he did not part. He also said stepping into that water at the wrong time and in the wrong way could have gotten them all drowned in the water. So we have to pray for the Holy Spirit to, to guide us into the set time of that prophecy. The scripture references here is Psalm 40 verse 7, Hebrews 10 verse 7. Luke 4, 18-19, Mark 1, 21-28. Chapter 7, Your Talk is Your Future. Scripture reference here is Matthew 17-20. Now, those words were not written for fantasy. Even Jesus himself proved it. Matthew 17-20 says, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. 
did you hear that nothing shall be impossible unto you now we used to think that it's only god the bible says nothing shall be impossible for the scripture is telling us that even with us too nothing shall be impossible with this verse it means you are the architect of your life today the fact that some people don't believe it does not change the fact that it is true the life you are living today is the exact picture you painted with your words yesterday use your tongue wisely the writer said may not have been your plan to be where you are now but it was your talk your talk is your future your tongue is the director of your life your tongue is your remote control if your tongue is confused you will be confused too the writer used job as an example he said god wasn't the one who brought evil upon job and even the devil could not have been able to do anything if not that job was not making good use of his tongue Despite his influence and affluence, despite he being a righteous man, he lived in fear and unbelief. He said things like, I'm not safe. I don't know what my children are up to right now. Those kids will be the death of me. Job 3 verse 25. Job was responsible for his catastrophe through his words. All this while, I thought, oh, it was God who gave the devil the room to inflict Job. I hope, I hope I'm not the only one on this table. How many of us also thought about that too? The writer asked, Have you heard people talk like this? And yes, they wonder why their lives are full of ups and downs. He said we should keep our distance from such people. Mm, I said we should keep our distance from such folks. And we too have to change if we are like that. Otherwise, in a while from now, you'll be somewhere you won't like. The writer emphasized that what we have now is the result of what you said years ago. I've personally seen this in my husband's life. He constantly says where we are now, both in ministry and our lives. We are things he had conceived and talked about years ago. Who you are today is what you said yesterday. You are the picture of what you said yesterday. Okay, the writer gave us Proverbs 18.21 as scriptural reference here. He said, apart from sin, one thing that can bring sickness or failure to a Christian is wrong talk. A lot of Christians don't have a problem with sin, but with their mouths. And this is very true. In fact, he said the sin they, ha- they have is the wrong use of their tongue. And that has kept many back into the bondage of sin. You are your own responsibility. Here the writer said no matter what has happened to you or is happening to you right now, you can still either decide to move forward with your words or remain downwards. You should stop blaming families, society, and economic factors, or even government. Most of us blame it on ancestral powers, aka village people. <laughs> but the writer said these factors, though they are influential, they can only affect us the extent that we let them. When we read Satan get lost, Bishop Bishop said we shouldn't give the devil any room in our lives. This is the same thing the writer is saying. Be in charge of your life, and you can do that with your tongue. Your faith and knowledge of the world will also give you a hedge over the devil. The problem is not what you are faced with, but what you do with the situation that matters. Your experience is not the important thing, but what you make out of the experience. Chapter 8 and the last chapter. Make your move. The writer is asking, is there something God has told you to do or something in your heart you want to achieve? He said you have to make a move. Don't just sit down there whining. Those prophecies that were spoken ahead of you will not be fulfilled while you are sitting down with folded arms. All you need is within you. 
Everything we need to be great is inside of us. The money you need, the promotion, the healing, the spouse, your job, your business, just name it. Everything is inside of you. You just have not realized it and put it to work. The example the writer used here is the orange fruit. The orange has everything inside it to grow, to become a tree and then produce more oranges. The same applies to you. You just have to be in the right environment, study God's word and then talk to your future. Speak right about yourself. Scripture reference here is Psalm 16, 1-6. Psalm 16, 1-6 is a prayer by David. You see, the revelation you have of God, of God's purpose concerning your life will show in the way you pray and prophesy into your life, just like David. The writer said Psalm 16, 1-6 is the way to pray. He said we should hold our Bible before us and begin to prophesy these words about your life. So, can we pause here now? Take up our Bible and prophesy Psalm 16, 1 to 6 in our lives. You can repeat it after me. Can we prophesy the whole of Psalm 16? So let's go. Psalm 16. Okay, so Psalm 16, you will repeat it after me. Psalm 16. Oh, sorry, just a few minutes. Psalm 16. Okay. Preserve me, O God. For indeed do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extended not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent in whom, all, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the ninth season. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy Holy One to seek corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. I believe we all prophesied that into our lives. Okay, so the writer said you should never be cast down. That we can never find him cast down. He said there's nothing like he gets cast down sometimes. He said the truth is he doesn't get cast down. He said it's not because he doesn't want to, but because he cannot just be cast down. He has put God's word inside of him so much that it is not possible for him to be cast down. Now let me digress a little and share something with us. So I used to have this constant mood swing. It gets so bad that it always causes an issue in my home. But you know, sometime, you know one time, the Holy Spirit asked me a question, does God have mood swing? And I said no. And then they continued and said, so you see, you should never have a mood swing. You should be joyful at all times because God is joyful always. So I'm going to ask us now, does God ever get cast down? Is God ever depressed or discouraged or sad? The answer is no. Then we need to work on ourselves to align our totality to God's word. The writer said he is so full of God's word that he can never be cast down. Hmm. It is no longer possible. Hallelujah. That can be our own testimony too, you know. 
See yourself the way God sees you. When you speak forth the word of God in your life, it is the same thing as God talking. Stop talking negative. Stop being a false prophet over your life. Verse 7 of Psalm chapter 16 says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reigns also instruct me in the night seasons. The Lord gives us counsel within. He said when God gives you counsel, you can never be confused. You will stop talking about how confused you are. I don't know what to do. <laughs> we can make this particular scripture, Psalm 16, part of our daily confession. Praise God. See nothing but God. The scriptural verse here is Psalm 16, verse 8. I have said the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. The writer said this was David's secret. So he's asking us, what have you said before you? What are you looking at? Is it your problem you are looking at, or is God? Okay, so the writer talked about this song we all sang years back. I have seen the downfall of Satan. He said he stopped singing it. <laughs> that we already know the devil has been defeated. So how come we are still seeing him falling? <laughs> we should start seeing God, his beauty, his glory, his strength, his power, his grace and favor manifested around you. He gave us a story Kenneth Hagin told about an old minister of God who was traveling in the sea and would sit up on the deck and look far away. And when asked what he was looking at, he said he see nothing but God. If it's some of us, mm, like the writer said, they would have been petrified by the thoughts of them being on water. So in the midst of all life's throws at us, let's choose to see God always. Amen. Praise God no matter what. The scriptural reference here is Isaiah 38, 10 to 11, verse 70 to 20. The example is Ezekiah. Despite the fact that a prophet just came to prophesy death to him, Ezekiah still went back to God to pray. Ah, if it were some of us, we would have been crying and mourning our death already. The writer said at first, Ezekiah saw death. When he looked at the world, he saw death. He saw himself in the grave. But when he turned to the world, he saw God. He redirected his focus to God and prayed to the Lord. He kept on prophesying God's word back to himself. And before Isaiah could leave the middle court of the palace, the Lord spoke to him to go back to Ezekiah. Why he heard his that he has heard his prayer and that he was not going to die. God did not just heal him, he also added 15 more years to his life. Remember in one of the chapters, the writer said we can even prophesy to God when he was explaining Ezekiah, Ezekiel and the dry bones. That's what Ezekiah did. We know that God's word is final, but hey, we can make him rescind on his decision. We can talk God out of a decision. We can talk God out of a decision that is not favorable to us. But before we can do that, we must have a relationship with him and know his word. Ezekiah would not have been able to change that prophecy if he cried and mourned about the whole thing. Begin to prophesy. If you have read this book to this extent, then you must have been fired up to keep prophesying to your lives. Stop whining about how life is bad to you, how your job is not favorable to you, all, and all that, how you have, you have bad luck or how bad luck is following you. Stop whining about those things. Instead, create the kind of life you want with your mouth. At this point, you have to have knowledge of the word of God so as to be able to prophesy in line with the word of God. Do not give up on the vision God has shown you. The tougher life gets at you the more you should talk and prophesy into your future. Remember, everything you need in this life is in your mouth. You have to keep speaking it. Pastor Chris will say, don't stop talking it. Keep saying it. Hallelujah. 
he said we should declare these words with all boldness and authority okay so i would love us to declare these words with me i refuse to fear i see things changing for the best I am fully persuaded that my God is able to perform that which he has spoken concerning me. Therefore, I refuse to stagger at his word, and I remain strong in faith, giving glory to God. My health is blossoming. My finances are increasing. I see my progress. I see my prosperity. I see my promotion. Yes, I see it. Glory to God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have the ability of God in me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The anointing is upon me, causing me to make progress and move forward. I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting greater by the day. I'm walking in victory in the name of Jesus. You can add to it as you are led and keep confessing this word to your life. Amen. Okay, I think this is a good time for me to say this. Sometimes when we are entering a new month, I see people's status and they say things like, December, please be nice to me. And I'm like, really? Instead of you to prophesy into the new month, the things you want to see, you are there saying December should be nice to you. If we have anyone here who still says things like that, then this book has come to change your mindset. December is upon us. Do not beg December to be nice to you. Rather, speak forth the things you want to see in December and watch them come to pass in your life. Amen. So we have come to the end of today's book review. And that's it for the book, Prophecy. I hope you enjoyed it. Me, I did. Immediately I finished reading the book, I prayed in tongues for some minutes or for some time before I slept yesterday. Okay, so I want to ask, which chapter was your best chapter? Mine was chapter 4 and chapter 5. We can direct our comment to the WhatsApp group. Another thing I would love us to discuss is this. If you have testimonies of how you have prophesied into your life in time past and it came to pass, you can as well share with us in the WhatsApp group so that we can all be encouraged. I hope the admin permits this. I know at one point in time we have prophesied into our lives and it came to pass, but we need to be consistent and keep at it. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. See you at the comment session. Bye.